Amen. All right. So we're going to continue with our series tonight. Um, the series we're talking about is power, if you guys have been following with us. And the reason why we called it power is because we're talking about how to have real power in your life. There's lots of misconceptions about what actual power is, right? But God wants to define power for us and tell us what true power looks like. So of all the worldly definitions we could give tonight or places we could go to try to figure out what we would consider strength or power, God has a better definition. And so last week we saw how Jesus actually tells us that the best way to get true power is by submitting our lives to him. So when you actually like take your life and you lay it at the feet of Jesus, that's your first step to finding true power. And so tonight we're going to walk into um, a couple different passages. We're going to be flipping around a little bit tonight. So you might need uh, either to click or watch up here or turn really fast if you still have a paper Bible. But we're going to be moving around through a couple different passages. Um, But the first thing I want to start off with tonight is Ephesians 5.18. Okay, because as we're talking about power, there is this, Jesus wants to stop us for a second, right? Make us pause. And he wants us to really think and not just kind of fill in the blanks for ourselves with our worldly definitions. He wants to kind of redefine this whole thing. So in Ephesians 5.8, this is what it says. It says, and do not get drunk with wine. And you're like, why are you sharing this verse? This has nothing to do with power, right? For that is debauchery, big words, don't freak out on me, but be filled with the Spirit, okay? Here's what he's saying. That word debauchery just means like excess, like too much. It's just disgustingly like it's overdone. And so what he's saying is don't get drunk with wine when you're thirsty or you're, you're seeking some sort of satisfaction. A lot of people today turn to drugs and alcohol, right? It's like that's what I go to to fill out this like void that I feel inside of me. I feel empty, and so I'm going to grab alcohol or drugs, and it's going to give me this other feeling, right? It's going to take away the lonely feeling or the depressed feeling. It's going to cover it up and mask it for a while so I can forget about my problems. And so people tend to turn to something like wine, right, alcohol, drugs, maybe even relationships. There's so many different ways we get that little dopamine rush, right, whatever it is to cover up what I'm feeling inside. When I feel weak, when I feel helpless, right? And you're like, wait, we're talking about power tonight. Exactly, because we're talking about the moments in our lives where we feel weak and we're looking for something else to make us feel powerful, right? To put us back in control of our lives and our circumstances that seem to be breaking down all around us. And so Jesus, or Paul here is like, listen, don't turn to wine. Don't turn to something else that's physical to try to fill what's spiritual. Physical things are never going to fill the spiritual void that you have. And every time you try to cram it in there, it's like putting this like square peg into a round hole. It doesn't fit. Like it's just not designed for that. He's like physical things are never going to fill that spiritual void that you have. It's just excess. It's just disgusting. But he says instead be filled with the spirit. So he's making this comparison that you and I should desire, if we follow Jesus, we should have this like thirst in us for the Holy Spirit and for his power. And it's not just any thirst. It's this like this voracious thirst to go after what actually can fix all of our problems and fill that hole in there, the Holy Spirit. And so if we're talking about true power tonight, guess where it comes from? You you lay your life at the feet of Jesus and submit to him And then the true power comes when he sees that, and he responds by giving you his Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit isn't just like 
He doesn't just own you, right? Like you gave him your life, but he also fills you because you're walking in step with him. All of a sudden, something extraordinary happens in your life. So let's stop for one second, right? Would you say tonight that you thirst for the Holy Spirit? Would you say tonight that if you were to just look at your life objectively and just think to yourself, do I actually thirst after Jesus? Is there a longing in my heart for his Holy Spirit to be with me and to commune with me and for me just to be able to like abide in a relationship with Jesus? Or is he some distant figure that saved me, but he kind of stays over there and does his thing and I stay over here and do mine? And the second he gets too close, it makes me feel awkward and weird. Like, wait a minute, I don't know that I want to live quite like that. I just like that you saved me. I just like that I'm not going to hell anymore. I got to go to heaven, but I don't know if I want you messing with the things in my life or changing my choices, right? Those are mine. Or do you look at Jesus and his Holy Spirit and say, I need more of you. Like the more I read the Bible, the more I want to read more of the Bible. The more I learn about Jesus, the more I'm voraciously like thirsty to know more about Jesus and to interact with him and see him work in my life and do miracles. And every morning when I wake up, I'm like, Jesus, let's go. What are you going to do in my life today? And for some of us, just the way I describe that seems so far away. But some of you guys get it. Some of y'all in the room are like, That's, I can't wait to grab Jesus' hand tomorrow morning and see what he has in store for me. And so tonight, the question Paul's asking us is, are you thirsty for Jesus? So I want to illustrate this tonight. Who are like the most, most thirstiest? That's great English. Who are the most thirstiest people in the room tonight? Any thirsty people out there? Just like you were playing basketball and you're super thirsty? No, nobody's thirsty tonight? That's going to be problematic. I need to, you got to be really thirsty to come up here though, like, or don't come up here. I don't know who that was, but I heard I'm a thirsty, so whoever you are, come up. I can't see. Any other hands? I need two people. I need another person. Whoever that is, I see a hand right there. Yeah, you come up too. Oh, I think she, okay, yeah, you got it. Okay, you beat her. You beat her up here. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Don't throw up on my stage, all right? We're going to do a little contest. A little competition, if you may. All right? Who do you think can chug this Coke? Did you say Eric? You're good at this. All right. Here's what we're going to do. On the count of three, don't start before three. You can go ahead and open your weapons. Yes. And then on three, you just go. And it's got to be completely empty. I don't want any drops and no spitting. Give me five seconds. No spitting, no throwing up. All right, none of that. On three, here we go. Here we go. First one to win gets a huge applause. One, two, three. Cheer them on. What are you doing? I don't know who's going to win. Who's going to win? Oh, you spit all over the stage. You broke the rules. I think you got this in the back because she already spit on the floor. But finish it all the way, Logan. I want to see it empty. Don't throw up. No throwing up. He did it. Give him a hand. Good job. You can, uh, you can take that with you. The sound guys in the back are already hating my life for doing that. Thank you, Evelyn. (laughs) All right. Sweet. Good job. Nice and empty. Logan was thirsty tonight. But listen, have you ever had that moment where you're like super, like physically thirsty, that your tongue gets super dry, it's like swollen almost in your mouth, 
and it's hard to swallow. It feels like sandpaper in your throat. And you're just like, I need a drink so bad right now. I'm the biggest baby when it comes to being thirsty. I'm Betty White 100%. I'm just like, no, don't talk to me. I'm grumpy. I don't want to see a person until I can get a drink because I'm so thirsty. That's how I get. And if you are anything like me, like you, you, you understand what being thirsty, how torturous that is, right? But here's what it does. It drives you to get something to fix the problem. So that thirst is actually a good thing. And so spiritually, when we're thirsty, what it's doing is it's driving us to the right solution. But we have a choice, right? We have so many choices. Which one will you pick? And Jesus is like, pick the Holy Spirit. Like if you're going to be filled with something, if you're going to thirst voraciously after something, it should be the Holy Spirit. So stop for a second and ask yourself, what are the things I'm trying to fill that thirst with in my life that aren't Jesus? What are the things in my life where I feel empty or thirsty or broken, ignored, lonely, fill in the blank? And you know that tonight you're actively looking for something else as a solution and not the Holy Spirit. Because maybe tonight is the night where you say, I'm done trying to get rid of that thirst with these things that are physical. Because physical things will never fill my spiritual thirst. And listen, you were created with a spiritual thirst. I created you as spiritual beings to thirst after him. So will you thirst for the Holy Spirit? And if you do, God's going to do some unbelievable things you never imagined in your life. Right? Because only he has the power to do them. You can never do them on yourself or fabricate some kind of plan to like some strategy. Only Jesus can surprise you with things you never even saw on your horizon. Look at me, Ephesians 3, verse 20. It says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, that means a lot, okay, than all that we ask or even think, according to the power at work within us. He can do anything. He can do so much more than you can ever imagine, Paul says in Ephesians right there. The Holy Spirit is how you accomplish the things God asks you to accomplish. And we know that if God's like, hey, Rob, do this, then it's way too big for me to do. I know that going into it. If God's asked it of me, it's too big for me to do. Because what he wants is for the Holy Spirit in me to give me the power to do it. He's not looking at Rob Jones and going, hey, man, like you are totally gifted for this. You have everything you need. You could just go tackle this problem. He's not saying that. He's going, Rob, you're weak. You don't have what you need. You're not skilled enough. You can't do it on your own. But I want you to go do it. You know why? Because then it causes me to go, Holy Spirit, I can't do this. And now I have to depend on the one that he wants me to be dependent on. And the Holy Spirit gives me the power to accomplish these massive things that are so far out of my reach. If you want real power, the Holy Spirit needs to be in you. You need to trust and depend on the Holy Spirit to be able to accomplish these things. True power comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to look in Romans 8 for a few minutes here. Romans 8, verses 6 to 11. It says this. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. 
God. So here we see that we have a choice, right? We have this flesh that we're born in, and it's dead. Sin has killed it. It desires things that God never designed it for. The blueprints that he drew up for our lives, our body's like, nah, we don't want that. We want to do our own thing. We don't want to live in accordance to how you made us, God. We want this, and our body craves that because it's dead. It's outside God's plan. It's fallen. And so now your choice is every time you go up to a choice and you have this thing that you get to decide what you want to do, you've got two options. Immediately, your flesh is like, do this. You can listen and walk in the flesh like it says. But it says if you walk in the flesh, you're hostile. You're an enemy of God as you do that. Because your flesh cannot please God in any way. It's totally other than God and his ways and his righteousness. So if you choose the flesh, which most of us do if we're honest so often, then we're not going to be able to please God. And this true power that we're looking for, we're never going to have. He says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Look at this. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Here's your other option. You can make a choice based on the spirit that God has given you and brought it back to life because you were dead. So you have this dead body that's like stuck in sin, but you have this brand new living creature inside of you that is your spirit that God raised back to life and craves and thirsts after the things of the Lord. While your body's going, no, I crave and thirst after the world. Your spirit's going, but I want Jesus. I want the Holy Spirit. And there's this battle that's happening inside of you, this conflict. That's why when temptation comes, it's like this war, right? You're literally struggling with yourself, your flesh and your spirit battling each other. It's like the little angel and devil on the, on the shoulders, right? Like you've seen in cartoons and stuff. It's that same deal, but it's your flesh battling this living spirit that God's resurrected back to life in you. And he says, there's no way to please me in your flesh. But the flesh is so loud, it's hard sometimes to choose the spirit and to look after where you should be looking, right? Which is at Jesus. And he says this next, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. Listen, there will be a day when this flesh that wants to sin so badly is going to be resurrected as well. You're going to get a brand new body to match your brand new spirit. But in the meantime, that's not where we're at. Tonight, where we sit, we have a broken, sinful body that desires sin, and you have a resurrected spirit that desires the Lord. What will you choose? Better yet, what are, where are you tonight? Would you say that you're making your choices and you're just like, they're fleshly? It's worldly. It's like you're not thinking about Jesus. You're not stopping and asking God, like, what would you have me do? Direct me. Let me submit to you. Let me do what it is you call me to do. Instead, you're just like, man, I got to be successful here, and I got to do this, and I really want this, and this would feel really good, right? Which one sounds more familiar to you? I think a lot of us would be over here and be like, man, it's my flesh. That's the filter that I'm looking at my decisions and my life through. He's like, but you can't please me. 
in the flesh. You belong to me, right? If you've believed in Jesus, you have this new spirit. But it doesn't mean you're always going to walk in the spirit. And so you have to make the choice between these two. It's like these Coke cans, right? I, I have, this is Logan's empty one right here. And this one's a brand new one. This one's full. And you can barely tell the difference between these, right? Same can, same color, same writing, right? They're made of the same things. If I hold them like this, you probably can't tell the difference at all between them. But one is empty and one is full. And they represent our choices, right? This is our flesh over here that's just empty. Empty choices, empty decisions. There's no power here. You know why? Because you're walking in the flesh. You're trying to do your things based on your skill, your body, your personality, your intelligence. And it's just like, man, I'm just trying to do me. That's great. You get a better option. You could be full. You could thirst after the Holy Spirit. You could be full of power that God puts inside of you to live a life you've never dreamed of living. But you've got to be full of the Spirit. You've got to make the choice which one you grab. If I were to do a giveaway tonight, I handed you Logan's empty Coke, man, that's going to be pretty, that's going to be a bummer. You're like, okay. And why do we think it's any different when we look to God and we offer him our brokenness and our, our emptiness when he's like, but I've already made you new. We've already done this. I've already taken your brokenness and brought it back to life. So why are you still walking like you're dead? Why don't you wake up and live in the fullness that I can give you? I can fill you up with my spirit. Romans 8.26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we don't know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. We don't sometimes even know how to ask God for the things that we need. But if you're full of the Holy Spirit, he literally is praying for you in your weakness. He's literally giving you power when you have none. The hardest thing in the world, though, is to surrender. Because we don't want to give up that control. What he's asking you to do is submit to Jesus so he can fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when you're depending on Jesus, that's when it happens. That's when the Holy Spirit fills you up. When you're walking with Jesus, that's when you are full of his power. And so you're able to face things you can't face in your flesh and your emptiness. Luke eleven thirteen says, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You might be asking today, well, then, like, how do I get the Holy Spirit? How do I get his power? It says you ask him. <laughs> you just have to ask. In your heart, you actually want it. And you go before God and you say, please. He says, even like human beings who are broken and not perfect know how to give good gifts to their kids. Why don't you think I would want to freely give you my Holy Spirit, the best gift I could possibly give? All he wants us to do is ask him. Most of us have not done that. Most of us have probably not sat before God and just said, I want more of your spirit. I want to live in your power. I want the flesh to be crucified, and I want to live like you. I want this living spirit inside of me to be full of your power and strength, to do the things you want me to do, God. And he promises, he says, if you ask, I will give it to you. Have you asked? 
You ever just honestly before God sat down and said, will you please give me that? He doesn't need you to beg or write a letter, petition for it. He's just like, listen, ask me, and it's yours. I want to challenge you, if you've never done that, ask God for it. Galatians 5, to 25 tells us what it looks like when you actually have this power of the Holy Spirit in you. Let's say you go and you ask God for this power, this Holy Spirit's life in you. You know what happens? Look at this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. You guys know these. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what we call fruit, right? It's the thing that happens inside of us when the Holy Spirit, who is like this infinite God, is inside of us. He can't be contained by this little body and spirit that I have. And so he literally just overflows out of me like forever. (laughs) And that overflow looks like love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's an indicator that this person who's walking around and those things are just flowing out of them and the way they act and love and talk and interact with their friends and family and the people around them, even their enemies, that the rest of us can go, whoa, those are, those are like indications that they are full of a power that does not come from any human being. The power of the Holy Spirit has to be in them because the signs are all over them. They wouldn't be acting that way otherwise. And he he continues on, he says, and those who belong to to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Comes back to two choices. You're like, man, I know Jesus, I've believed in Jesus, I've trusted him, I'm saved tonight. I know the Holy Spirit lives in me. That could be very true. But just because you've accepted the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you're walking in his anointing, in his power, in his strength. Because if you're not abiding in him, it says here, if you're not walking in step with him, you're choosing to walk empty. You're choosing this. You're choosing weakness. You're choosing sin and temptation. When he says, all you're going to do is ask. And I will fill you up. But the choice has to be made, even though, like, I'm saved, Rob. I get, I get it, you're saved. But as a saved person, are you asking the Holy Spirit to empower you every day? Or are you just, like, in cruise control in life? Like, I didn't even know I needed to do that. Let me tell you tonight, Jesus says you need to do that. Take your heart and lay it at his feet. And say, fill me up and blow my mind with what you're going to do. God, fill me with the power of your spirit. I'm going to ask, um, let me ask somebody. Saul, will you come up here for a second? I, I need someone to trust for a second. Come up. All right, here's what. All right. Here's what we're going to do, okay? Putting these two down here, and I want you to, you're athletic, right? He's on the soccer team. He's like our lead goal scorer in the soccer team, right? So you've got, you've got like skill. I need you to stand on this one right here. Put all your weight on it without falling off the stage or breaking a leg. Just put all your weight down on that one. And see what happens. Are you not heavy enough? <laughs> oh, you need to eat more, bro. <laughs> Yay! Okay, you did it. it. Took a while, but you did it. 
I was getting a little nervous there. I was like, dude, you need to eat some meat. Okay, <laughs> now put your weight on that. Try to balance yourself up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That puppy ain't going to break. That puppy ain't going to, all right, you get down before you fall. All right, that ain't breaking. Give him a hand. Yes. All right, awesome. Now, listen, same can. There's nothing different about them. There's no magic, right? This is just, like, empty. The difference between these two cans isn't what they're made out of, the material, nothing. Same exact design, same package they came out of, same refrigerator I pulled them out of. The only difference between these cans is that this one is full and this one's empty. This one is sealed and this one is not. The difference in your life, if you're going to see true power in your life to withstand the trials and the storms and the temptation and all the stuff that's going to come your way, if you want to be able to stand firm in it, the difference is you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're sealed by him. He's the difference. It's not like, man, that person, I, they have so much more faith than me. They come from a better family than me, or that person's dad is a pastor, or whatever. Like, we try to put all of these excuses, and God's like, here's the difference. You're full of the Holy Spirit or not. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit or not. Do you want to see power, the power of God in your life? And if you don't, fine, just go about your day and leave here unchanged. But if you're like, no, I want to get serious about this. I want a real relationship with Christ. I want to see the power of God move in my life and among my friends, in my youth group, in my school. I want to see him rock this community or maybe even go out to other countries around the world and see some power happen, not because of who I am or what I can do because I'm weak alone, right? But because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and sealed by him. That's all you have to do with that. The one thing holding you back from seeing that is that you would simply just ask and say, God, will you give that to me? Will you fill me up? Will you give me your power? I can't live on my own anymore. And he, he leaves us, we're going to look at Ephesians 4.30. We're going to leave with this. He says, Paul says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, because here's what can happen. You can be that Christian who's like the Holy Spirit's in me, and God's like, if the Holy Spirit is in you, that's me, right? God in you. And you say, I want to live like this. What you're doing is going, come on, God, walk into the sin with me. Let me grieve you. Let me drag you into sin. And you carry God into the thing that he hates the most. And you carry on and live your life in sin when he's in you, and you're supposed to be his temple. You're literally desecrating the temple where God lives inside of you. And you're like, I love Jesus. I claim Jesus. I'm saved, but I'm still living in the world. What you're doing is grieving this Holy Spirit that is within you who hates all of the sin that you're doing. And you're like, come on, let's go. He warns us. He says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit because that Holy Spirit has sealed you. Once you know Jesus and have a relationship with him, there is no breaking that seal until the day of redemption when you get to heaven. There's no losing the salvation, but here's what can happen. You can become a lukewarm Christian and drag God into your constant sin, and it grieves his spirit. And all you have to do is bow down at the feet of Jesus and ask, and he says he will fill you 
and you can live in his power. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? As the band comes up and they're gonna lead us in some more worship, I just want you to ask yourself and ask God just in the quietness of your heart for a second over this next song. You say like, Holy Spirit, do I actually, am I living in your power? Or am I just walking in my own strength still and claiming Jesus as my savior, but I'm still dipping my toes in the world all the time. There's no difference in my life. Or maybe you're that Christian who desires Jesus, like that thirst, it's there. It's in your spirit and you're, you're, you're thirsty. But you've just not stopped to ask. And maybe tonight God's telling you, hey, you're right there. You're thirsty. You know you need me. So will you just tonight, just take a moment to say, God, give it to me. Give me your power. Give me your spirit. As we sing this next song, will you just ask God that question?